getting a dream job. I hear people say, oh, this is my dream job. Um, like that's the plateau that they're trying to get to. And it's like, once they get there, life's going to be great. That is bullshit. Hey there. Welcome to another episode of the Delivered Zoomer podcast. I'm your host, Katya Borger. And I'm your co-host, Silas Maynard. We'd like to thank Discover Praxis for sponsoring and making this show possible. And we really hope you enjoy today's episode of the Deliberate Zoomer podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Deliberate Zoomer podcast. How's it going, Katya? Um, it is going very well. It is a very beautiful Tuesday evening here, so I can't complain. Yeah, it's a uh, second summer in New York right now. We have uh, we have a lot of things similar with Wisconsin, where there's like we think it's done, but then season change comes back again. So it's quite nice, uh, a bit steamy today. But anyways, really excited to have this conversation. So just to set things up, guys, uh, today we're going to be talking about primarily clarity and honesty when interviewing. So this can be applied to a lot of other things. It's probably most applicable to people doing interviews, but we're gonna talk about some of the tactical things. Uh, But to set this up, so obviously a lot of people already know me, but my day job is I work as a recruiter in the renewable space. So I help prep people for interviews very often. I also interview for our company. Um, So I interview a lot of people, especially from, from Praxis um shout out praxis uh <laughs> um but this past week i um i had a co- i had a couple conversations with various people and there's this, this theme that came up a couple times so i actually ended up writing about it in my Substack this week and um the the topic is really clarity when explaining things so there's a couple couple things right is sometimes people would explain the experience or what they were doing particularly in a couple of cases with the interviews, what they were doing literally in their past roles. And there just was kind of a, there was a lack of clarity, right? They could say a lot of things without actually me understanding what they've done, right? It's, it's similar to a lot of people will, will have an issue with what people call engineering speak, where they just kind of use a lot of fancy words and, and it sounds really good, but in reality, you've quite, you've said basically nothing. So, um, this is what brought up the topic, and I, I want to share some of the tools or tips I would have for people in an interview process to make sure that they're demonstrating them, themselves properly and what they want to do. There's going to be a couple other things in here that are not necessarily directly related to that, but at the end, we can kind of sum it up and apply it to other conversations as well. Um, so with that, let's get started. So I think the key thing is going to be when you're starting an interview process, so let's assume you're somebody who's looking and making making a job change right now or looking for a job. And especially at the early stages of your career, this is gonna be very critical. So there's a couple things you need to have when you go into an interview. You need to have, first of all, a story arc, okay? So number one, you need to have a story arc. Now, what I mean by that is when you're going into this interview, you should, first of all, have a goal in mind, okay? If you do not have a very, very defined goal in mind, which is the case for a lot of young people, you have to at least formalize it in some way. That could be as simple as, you know, if you want to run a business someday, but you're not sure what, it, what, what kind of business it will be, you could just say, listen, someday I want to run a business. And then you can work it back from there and understand like many, there's many things you can use off of that, but you need to have some type of goal. If you do not have a goal, it's going to be like, why do you want to come work for us? Because there has to be a goal and your motivation has to be tied to that goal. 
in order for it to make sense to the hiring manager, especially if you're junior, because taking a bet on a junior person is a lot of risk for any employer because the risk of people changing their mind. So you have to have the story arc. And the, the key aspects of the story arc are again going to be future. You always start with the future. Where do you want to go? Where do you come from? What was your past? What was your kind of like the development of your characters if you're telling a story? And then what is your present, right? And in those, you can break down the, the there's personal aspects and there's professional aspects, but the key thing is going to be focusing kind of on the, on the professional and then bringing in the personal when it makes sense to deepen and help them remember the story. So let's just say, for example, you want to start a company someday, but you do, do not know what kind of company that was, that would be. That was actually my situation for a very long time. I didn't know what I wanted to do particularly. I knew I wanted to run a business. So I would tell people when I go to interview, you know, at some point in the future, I want to run a business. I'm not exactly sure what that will be yet. However, based on my discussions with the mentors, I understand that there's a number of skill sets required to do, to do so. So one of the skill sets I've been told is sales. So because this role is a sales role, I really would like to work in that, in that role, right? So you've kind of demonstrated a tie. You're tying the two things together. In more detail, I could go into, you know, my past is I, I come from, you know, the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin, and I'm really looking, I really have a lot of uh, things I need to learn. So I don't have a whole lot of professional experience upbringing, but I have a lot of hard work and work ethic I learned from being in the Midwest, you know, having to prepare for winter, working for my dad in his cabinet shop. And again, the key thing is I want to go towards the sales role or towards running a business. And I know I need to learn sales, right? So this is why I'm interested in your company. So I think one of the most important elements also to jump in real quick, Silas, when you are, you know, sort of putting together your story, um, if I can use that word, it is important to make sure that everything fits in. Um, something that I would always do before interviews. And actually, even when I didn't have an interview scheduled, I would always like, you know, just kind of speak out loud to myself and give my story. And I wanted everything to tie in because I don't want to just be like, you know, oh, I'm from Wisconsin and I had a dog growing up, you know, like obviously like that doesn't really pertain to anything that you are trying to achieve or the company that you're trying to work with. So it's very, very important that you make sure everything that is coming out of your mouth is deliberate and adds value and supports what you are about to say and what you have just said. 100%. That's a really good point because there's a lot of people who don't know what they're saying. So as a result, they, they kind of just will bring up random facts. It's like, tell me about yourself. Tell me about yourself should really be you. It's not just tell me about yourself. That's a trick question, right? The goal is actually for you to, for them to see, like demonstrate, like what, how are you thinking? And for you have, you have an opportunity to lead the conversation and to run it. Right. And you can, you should bring up things that matter, right? If it's something, if it's a personal thing, like your dog or something that you want to bring up, how does it tie in? Perhaps it is a good thing to bring in if you're trying to work for a dog food company or something, right. Or like a pet company, you say, this has been a part of my life. It really affected me in a positive way. You know, my dog was there during hard times to help me, whatever it has to tie in. And it's, it's very valuable to use your personal experiences to do that. And I highly recommend what you just said is practice it because the more you do it, this is why people say, take the interview and practice, right? You get to practice, practice the, the, the story. Um, you get to practice the, the story. So yes, if you're, if you're going for your first interview, I highly recommend maybe chatting and doing a, doing a mock interview with a friend of yours or a sibling. Um, but the other thing that is really key in the story arc aspect here is you have to paint 
the company that you're interviewing for as kind of the solution to your problem, right? You have a problem or a need, let's just say that, it doesn't have to be a problem per se, but a need, which is in this case, you know, in this example we give, um, learning sales. You can't exactly learn how to sell something unless you have something to sell. You, you, you're, you're learning how to sell your, your, your experience, of course, but you know, to do it on a kind of focused effort for a prolonged period of time with the company, right? So you can position it that way, which is what I said before. Here's where I want to go, here's where I come from, and here's why, keyword being why I'm interested in your company. There can be other reasons as well, but the reason shouldn't be like, oh yeah, you guys just seem really cool and they've got, you got good benefits and I can work remotely. Those are all red flags, honestly. I think, I think one of the um, most red flag answer I ever heard in an interview is actually, um, actually, I can't give too many details because I think it can be deduced pretty quick, but um, I was interviewing somebody along with one of my previous bosses and he goes so why do you want to work for a company and her response was well why not and like I made eye contact with my boss and I could tell he was so appalled by that answer I knew that the interview was over then so that question in particular if you're ever asked that make sure you have a really good answer do not answer why not (laughs) yeah and a lot of things something I notice a lot of people in what I uh, advise people is when I ask them, I try to get them to understand their own why, because most people don't understand their why until asked, right? Which is why it's important to go through it before the interview Um, is they'll just say oftentimes things like that sound really stupid. Like, uh, you know, I'm not really looking. I'm just like, your company seemed interesting. I want you. It's like, Oh, that's kind of like, uh, it's like you go on a date and you ask for a date. So why do you want to go date? Oh, I don't know. I was bored. Like, Oh, wow. So you actually don't have any interest in me. Okay, cool. Um, so yes. So I would say those are the big things, the story arc itself and why very, very big emphasis on the why they are um, the solution or, you know, going to aid you on your journey, right? Because a lot of people, I should say, probably the majority of employers are going to recognize you're not going to be there forever. Um, you know, they might they might want to, but in reality, they know usually you'll be there for probably somewhere between a year to five years, right? And they want to have to, to understand that's going to be a good run for them. It's going to be worth the investment in you. And then we already touched on this essentially, but the third thing is really going back to a clear sense of goals. Because if your goal, this is something that I think a lot of young people might overlook because they just have lack of life experience. So it's, it's not their fault, is thinking that getting a dream job, I hear people say, oh, this is my dream job. Um, like that's the plateau that they're trying to get to. And it's like, once they get there, life is going to be great. That is bullshit. You will never, if you are just chasing a goal and it's like something, something, something like that, like, oh, I want to work for this company. And then once you get there, you're going to realize that there's, you know, you're going to become depressed probably likely because it's like, there's going to be a lot more to life than just doing that. For me, this thing happened when I originally started my career in insurance sales. I said, I want to make certain amount of money per year. I want to make, I said lots of money at the time, lots of money meant a little bit less than it does to me now. But when I started getting to that point where I was making that money, I was like, I hit that, I hit the, it's like reaching the top of the mountain and being like, so I achieved my goal. Now what? Like I have what's next. And I, that, that's when I kind of sunk into this like depression of like, Oh, I achieved my goal, but I'm still not, I'm like even less happy than I was on the way up chasing the goal. Right. So I realized I have to constantly, constantly set new goals that are further out 
and really in reality that's evolved eventually to what does my lifestyle want to be right and i look at the story arc i envision the story arc of my entire life of what i want to look like in various phases but that's kind of beyond the scope of this but the point is you have to have an end goal that is further than just yo i want to work in real estate in this company that's it that's all i want to do um if yeah, that is- I, I definitely, I'm happy that you added um, that like sort of that's it. That's all I want to do because I think that a lot of times when people do get to that plateau where they've achieved their, um, you know, top goal or whatever they had said, I think that people will get really depressed because those are the people that did not calm down and step back to like set new goals. And even that's a completely different topic, but I mean, in order to really keep like on the trajectory and keep going, you're always going to be setting goals. You're always going to like be striving for the next thing and to make yourself bigger and better. And, and that's just the way to look at, you know, your dreams and your goals in the most healthy light, I would say. Yeah, I I agree hundred percent. Um, so the other thing that we re- that's really important to go over, and this is like the key, this is kind of the core of this episode, really, is when relaying your past experience, because likely you're going to get asked about your past experience. Now, if you are very early in your early in your career, likely the only experience you're going to have had is you know maybe working at a at a restaurant perhaps or volunteering for some things, depending on where your career is, uh, and it might seem a bit random because you're we're all trying to figure things out, especially if you've skipped college. You're all, we're always trying to figure things out. So you're going to have to tell a story of the kind of the randomness of what you did. So, so I'd actually love to jump in on this real quick because, um, I mean, I'm several years behind you in my career and starting out when I would be applying for these professional positions. And the only experience I had was working in a coffee shop, but I think that you can take little bits of experience from your, your previous jobs, you know, as mediocre as they may be, you know, I was just working in a coffee shop, but also, um, you know, I built a website just for myself on my own at one point, And I love to go on appointments with my dad. And even though that really like, didn't have any benefit, like to me at the time, it all can be really made into big experiences and really like almost impress a hiring manager when you're like, you know, I've always had an entrepreneurial mindset. I don't have a ton of experience, but you know, since I was seven years old, I would, you know, strive to help my dad when he was on appointments. And I would always really want to be in that zone. I think it really stands out more than, you know, well, my work experience is I worked in a coffee shop and I'm looking for the next thing, you know, it's it just, yeah, because a large, a large part of them asking your experiences, first of all, you need to explain what skills you've learned, but it's also a demonstration of personal, the ability to understand, right? Because if you worked at, just worked at a coffee shop and just say, yeah, you know, I don't really have any experience. I worked at a coffee shop. That's about it. You could say that, which kind of indicates you're really not thinking at all, mm-hmm. let's be honest. But you could say, yeah, so actually, you know, I don't have a ton of experience, but what I do have was, you know, I've kind of generally speaking had a bend towards X and I actually spent about a year and a half or a year or so working at a coffee shop and what I learned through that was, you know, I learned how to do customer service, right? There was a lot of times where at the beginning, I really didn't know how to deal with angry customers, but I slowly worked on that and developed that skill. So what I like to tell people is if you're talking about experiences like that or volunteer work, there should be a, why did you start that role? 
because that helps them understand you. Because if you're interviewing someone, especially a young person, you need to understand what is their desired trajectory. That is the primary factor, I think, in determining whether or not you think this person should work for you. Because usually when you're hiring young people, you have to almost determine it for them because sometimes they're not familiar with what, what they need, right? So you need to be the one gatekeeping saying, if this person wants to be in you know, entertainment, why are they coming to work at this factory or whatever? And you need to gatekeep that to some extent. So that's why it's important to tell why. So if you, you know, worked at a coffee shop, for example, in your case, I started this job because I wanted to get some exposure to doing customer service. I wanted to start my, start my career and earn some money. I've always wanted to be able to, to do something, right? I really enjoy work. But through it, you know, I learned this, this, and this. And you can at least take three things away that you've learned from every job. I'm, I'm confident of that, as long as you're paying attention. Um, and then you should say, but through this, I also realized that I interacted with this with a certain number of people. And I realized that there's actually some other interesting careers out there that I wanted to go down. And that's why I'm here. That's why I'm looking for a job is because I the why of when I went here I learned these things and there was a key critical moment when I, when I realized something and that's what has caused me to go out and continue looking for something new and something better. So those are the important things. Now, did you have anything to interject there, by the way? Um, no, you pretty much covered it all. The important thing is when you're explaining your past experience, there's a couple things. The, the two main things are what actually did you do? Were you helping, you know, like, it, so say, for example, you were um, a volunteer for, for like, a, for a camp or something or for summer camps, and you, we just a volunteer that you could say, oh, yeah, so I, um, you know, the summers are always crazy at the beginning, we would have lots of kids and it was really like crazy stuff that we had to like, you know, get, get out there and uh, we'd have to help them register and do all these things. And, you know, so this one kid told me this one story is crazy. Da, da, da. You could say that, which is like, where is this going? I, I understand you worked at a summer camp, but that's the only thing I know. You were interacting with people. It sounds like you were just kind of pissing around, honestly. Or you could say, listen, I was really unsure of where I wanted to go in my life. And I had an opportunity to, to, to volunteer at the summer camp. So I volunteered. And during that time with the summer camp, the key things that I helped do were usually I was helping set up the equipment, helping tear down afterwards. And then a lot of times helping with the organization of registering people. And then I also helped serve food. And through that, I learned a couple of things. I really enjoyed when we would be setting up, you know, the equipment. There wasn't a lot of leadership. There's no de designated leader. So what I always tried, I really enjoyed doing that because, not because I like setting up equipment, because I like the responsibility, I like the pressure of getting something done on time. So as a result, I would try to rally the people around me and, you know, and, and move, the, move the project forward to, to, assure, to assure that we got it done on time. That's a very different two explanations, right? You've demonstrated that, yeah, you're not saying you were a manager of the setup. You were just an individual volunteering, right? Nobody's in charge, probably. So as a result, you're being honest about your experience. You're not saying the other the other third version of this, by the way, would be like, oh yeah, like I help manage these summer camps, kind of thing. Like you could be sound all professional and like, you know, high high and mighty. And then you say, oh okay, so how many people did you manage? Oh well, I didn't really actually manage it, but I was just like volunteering, and they're all. So there's those three versions. It's like not telling anything telling a really concise story and then pretending to know something that you don't. And so I think the benefit with the uh, middle version is just to like really break it down is if you were that person who worked at a summer camp and you were going into an interview, 
it is really important to think more in depth about what you actually did because the first version, yeah, that's what you did at the summer camp. But the second version is when you're actually reflecting on, I did this in my summer. This is how I immediately added value. And, um, you know, even if it wasn't noticed by anybody else, um, you gained this knowledge by doing that and really reflecting on your past experiences, no matter how mediocre it is, it is very important um, to stand out in a job interview. Yeah, and then on the third part again, to reiterate, if you're saying that you're somebody you aren't, when you get pressed for it, you're going to look like an absolute idiot and immediately your credibility goes out the window. Because if you say that you are something and they ask you to prove it and you cannot prove it, the key component of your candidacy in that offer in that opportunity is gone the key component being honesty and and accountability and like reliability because if you are young and you have very little very few like commercial skills yet you need to be somebody that they can trust that is going to be the key component which is what i think a lot of young people tend to overlook is this, this they don't understand the necessity for transparency for honesty and for being able to be reliable, right? That's a very, very key aspect. And if you do come off as arrogant as well, that's all they're going to see. They're going to be like, this person's young. They have relatively no experience, but they are so prideful and so arrogant in the little things they've done. So they are going to be more hesitant to take you on the team. Um, Something I actually mentioned this, I think in our last episode, um, but something that happened in um, one of my last conversations with one of my clients is she said that she could like tell that I was hungry. And I think that like hunger isn't a bad thing. You know, you don't have a lot of experience. You are hungry for that experience. You're hungry to learn more. And I think that's, I didn't ever think about it until after she'd said that to me, but it is very, very important to come off as humble and that you are open to learn and you're open to more experience and that's what's gonna really kind of give you more credibility rather than being um, kind of called out on on a little fib there I guess yeah 100 and the thing you said I just want to reiterate that is the willingness to learn so you can it's better to say listen I you know say for example a job description requires certain level certain experience Let, let's just say it's um uh, let's just say it's like a graphic design using Canva or something, right? Um, you say, you know, actually, so I noticed that the job description, you could even bring it up if they, even if they don't bring it up, say, listen, I don't actually know a whole lot of Canva. Maybe I've done like, I've like played around with it once, one time I wanted to organize an event, but reality is like, I don't actually know it, but I'm extremely keen to learn it. It's something I've, I've really been interested in. I just haven't had necessarily a whole lot of projects to work on. Uh, that might not be a great thing to say because you could always do your own projects, but like, I'm really keen to learn this thing, right? Admitting you do not know something is probably the hardest thing most people cannot, like people cannot admit fault. Usually people do not and are not willing to, to omit, uh, admit that they have a fault of any sort. They're not willing to take responsibility. And if you can do that, that shows this person that even when you fuck up, they, they, you, they know you're going to own it and you're going to say, sorry. I made a mistake. I'm going to go fix it and then can continue. Right. So it is extremely important to admit when you do not know something, but always caveat it with, however, I'm willing to learn because depending on how you answer that question, like, do you know this thing? And I say, no, I don't actually really know it. 
it's kind of like, so, but we just asked you the question for a reason. When people ask you a question, if you want to answer it well, you need to understand why they're asking you a question. If you're just answering the question, you know, whatever comes to mind, usually they're going to miss the point. But if they're asking you a question, there is a point behind them asking it, usually, right? Unless they're just making conversation, which even then, there's still usually a point. So if you can understand why they're asking you, do you have this experience? The, in an interview, the context is that likely they're asking you because they know they, they want you to have that experience. So you need to say, I do not have it. However, I'm very interested to learn it. Yeah, 100%. Couldn't agree more with that. And when you are open to learn and when you literally just vocalize it, people are going to be way more open to mentoring you and to teaching you. I know that um, I, I like to reach out to a lot of people who are like young and just starting their careers. And I love the ones who actually like ask me for help and, and like really, really want that help. Cause I'm 100 times more open to helping them than the really arrogant ones that are like, yeah, whatever, I got this, you know? Um, and I think that those are the ones that, the ones that are humble and know where their limits are, the ones that are going to make it farther because people are going to be more open to teaching them and to collaborating with them and everything mm -hmm. like that. And then I guess just finally to, to wrap things up here, to apply what we've just discussed in the interview process, which is again, clarity, honesty, right? You're, you're, you understand what you're trying to achieve with this interview, which is, you know, have a certain goal. You have the goal in the end and you're trying to get hired there for a reason. Um, you can apply all of these tactics around clarity and everything in daily conversation, in writing. Um, a key thing, especially in sales, I think it's also this way in marketing largely too, is marketing has a little bit more fluff because it's entertainment to some extent. But you need to be able to take complicated things and boil them down. People who can, be, I, I have an opportunity to practice this every day because I hear candidates explain their experience to me. And I'm talking about engineers, sometimes extremely, oftentimes PhDs, like very, very smart people. And I need them to explain to me what they do. Usually it's an engineering language that I have no idea. Like I don't speak engineering, but usually it's some type of engineering thing. And then they'll say it to me and then I can summarize it the way I would tell my mom or my, my, my younger brother be like, so basically here's the project. You take it at X stage and you do this with it. And then you hand it off to this person. And like, they've spent five minutes talking. I summarized it in one sentence. They're like, oh yeah, that's exactly right. That's capability to boil down what is being said, what you're trying to communicate is extremely important. Usually you will get better at it through doing it to other people because it's, it's oftentimes hard to figure out your own thoughts, right? This is the whole reason I have this podcast is because as we talk, I formalize my thoughts more. Um, sometimes the podcast is on the back end of that, right? Where I write a blog post and now my thoughts are more formalized and now I bring it to the show. But usually for me, it's talking about it out loud and then summarizing it. Hence, you might want to practice it because then you can learn how to really, really dumb it down to what are the core blocks here? I think we talked about this, right? Compartmentalization at mm -hmm. one point. Yeah, we have an episode. It's pretty similar to that, right? Where it's like, they've said all these words and they're just kind of words in the ether. But if you can figure out what do those actually mean? What are the tangible things there? What are the key aspects, you know? who I am, why I like, what my purpose is, why I've done what I've done. And then it, when it comes to experience, where was I working? What kind of organization was it? What did I do inside of that organization? 
et cetera, right? So those are, the, those are the key things when communicating. And I think everyone would do very well to learn that because it's beneficial for you in so many areas of life, not just job, job interviews. And uh, it's very, very helpful actually in relationships, I think, uh, being able to really, really explain what is the core of something rather than just saying a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. It all boils down to communication, a lot of it. And pretty much all of these examples and tips and tricks we're talking about all come with a lot of experience. I have done, um, so as a freelancer, as much as I'm trying to sell myself to the client, I want the client to sell themselves and why I should take care of what they need taken care of to me. Um, so I see a lot of people who are, you know, double or triple my age who still don't have this down. I'll ask them a little bit more complicated question and I'll, they'll kind of start stumbling. And I mean, I would be the biggest liar if I said that I didn't have it, that if I said I did have all these tips like memorized and like, I know them like the back of my hand, because that's not true. This all takes a lot of practice and a lot of tried and fails and rehearsing, etc. But if you can nail these and you can start getting them down, interviews will go a lot easier. You'll be a lot more confident. And I think you'll gain a better understanding, a better network, and just like better connection with who you are having a conversation with. It'll be less intimidating and more like two minds kind of having a good conversation, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's something I use all the time, even just like meeting people, right? I I went to a networking event the other day and that obviously I had a purpose there. Like I'm trying to meet, meet interesting people, but at the same time, I have kind of a broad purpose. Like I just want to meet people. I'm not, I'm not in any specific goal. I don't have any outcomes I'm looking for just to meet people. So when you're going to meet somebody, you can ask them about themselves and then you, you need to listen deeply to understand what do they do? I'm a very spatial person. I'm not sure a lot of people have this way, but I'm a very spatial person where I, I view things as, as kind of objects on a map, on a 3d map. It's like, this person does this thing and these are kind of the things in their orbit and they're headed in this direction. And here's how other people come into contact with that person or that other object. Right. And so if you can understand somebody, you'll immediately be able to then say, so, so is this right? And you can like feed it back to them, active listening, it's called. And then you can then understand, well, well, hell, you know, I actually have some of those things that might come in contact with yours. Like two of these things in my orbit kind of are similar to yours. Perhaps we should collaborate on these things. Right. And when you can take and be aware, first of all, of yourself, you have to be first to do all this, but then be able to understand someone else's kind of solar system, if you want to use that example as we're using, and then figure out where they might intersect. Uh, That sounds like a collision, but anyways, where they might intersect um, and then bring that up. People are usually like, oh, wow, actually, yeah, hundred percent, because that's a really important skill. And I think it's not something everybody's naturally good at. I think I'm luckily natural, naturally good at it because I always want to understand how things work. But it's something that can be learned and can be taught to yourself. Yeah, I think that's actually a really, really good place to wrap it up. Um, yeah, I hope that all of these tips and tricks helped uh, for the next interview process. But um, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Cheers. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed. Please do like, subscribe, tap the bell for notifications. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we really appreciate that review and that rating. And we'll see you next time on the Deliberate Zoomer Podcast.